Hello and welcome to the North America Gaelic Football Podcast, the home of the Gaelic football here in North America. I am your host, along with our co-host, Limerick's finest, Connor Green. But before we get started, just a quick shout out to our sponsors, Masita, uh, who have been the official sponsor of the USGS since 2017. Uh, Masita are one of Ireland's leading manufacturers of sports kits and team wear and are dedicated to supplying GAA clubs all around the world with quality gear and top class service. So if you're any of your clubs are interested in getting uh, set up for the upcoming season, feel free to give us a shout. We'll get you in touch with Des and the guys at Mesita. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Stephen and Kevin uh, from the Podrick Pierces in Chicago. Lads, what's the crack with you? Welcome to the show. Cheers, lads. Great to, see, great Cheers, to be here. Lads. Appreciate you having us. No bar anytime, lads. Yeah, want to just kick us off. Uh, obviously, two lads from Ireland. Uh, with a bit of bit of history and Gaelic football, so Stephen, you want to kind of kick us by, kick us off, walk us through your journey of Gaelic football and where it all started and where you uh, where you are now. Yeah, um, so I was actually born in London and I didn't move to Ireland until I was ten. Um, my dad is from uh, Leitrim, was a was an Irish immigrant in London. Um, safe to say, he has absolutely no interest in football whatsoever. So uh, I didn't get any tutelage from him, apart from a few high balls in the backfield. But uh, moved to Leitrim, uh, so from London town to rural North Leitrim when I was ten, and uh, I got involved with my local GA club, John Kieran. Um, have some great memories of playing with them. Some of my best memories uh, playing up through underage. I was fortunate enough; I got you know played a bit of underage with Leitrim. I was involved with the senior panel. Uh, then, you know, the the, the uh, recession hit and everyone had to jump ship. And uh, I actually ended up going to Australia first. And I played a season in Australia in in Perth uh, with the Southern Districts. And that was great fun. You know, that's really like you got to see the other side of the GEA for the first time. It was this, the, um, the level of enjoyment I had out there was massive. Um, so um, when I moved back from Australia, I uh, ended up in the UK to do my uh, teaching qualification. Um, and uh, I was involved with the founding of a club called the Crawley Brighton Gales. Um, they actually recently just celebrated their 10th anniversary um, only a couple of weeks ago. Um, and again, that was great fun playing in the Junior London Championship. Um, definitely experienced driving up and down to Ryslip and things like that. Um, and I was in the UK for four years and played a bit with my club back home, flying over and back. And then uh, I, I got a op- job opportunity in Chicago uh, in 2015 and uh, arrived in Chicago um, you know, you're immediately looking for a club to try and get involved in. Um, uh, whether, whether it was a good thing or not, the Pierces are the only ones that got back to me. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. So, um, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, GA has played a great role in my life. Um, you know, all my best friends in life come through the GA. Uh, I've been really fortunate to play with some great footballers and, uh, you know, have some great memories and experiences from it. Uh, just, Kev, before we get on to, to you, uh, just commiserations, Stephen. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that Leitrim game a couple of weeks ago, uh, <laughs> but we were, I'm sure there was some sad faces in JP, uh, JP Clarks are on uh, McLean Ave. Uh, we, we met, we met this lad, Connor, where was he? I think he was over for the weekend. We met him in like a kebab shop. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. Lad was, yeah. The, the lad was absolutely, just, absolutely depressed Leitrim man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. worked in Slago and he was, he, he was like, I don't even want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we all say. Yeah, I suppose uh, being a Leitrim fan, um, you know, you get fairly used to losing. Um, you don't get quite used to losing to New York. Um, I wasn't actually there this time around. Uh, fortunately, my brother was over visiting in Chicago, so uh, we didn't quite swing it. Um, look, I spoke before the game. Um, you know, New York, um, I've always probably earmarked this fixture as a chance of winning. Um, I was there five years ago, and they probably should have won that day. Uh, Leitrim got off, got off um, in extra time. And, and it just didn't happen this time around. Um, you know, there's a lot of structural issue, issues in Leitrim that they have to address. Um, you know, there's always a big turnaround in the squads. Uh, it was always an uphill battle. Go, going and play in New York, I was uh, part of the panel in, uh, Jesus, a long time ago now, I think it was 2011. Um, I was part, part of the panel that went to New York, you know, and uh, it's a totally different experience. Like, you know, it's... it's um, you know, everyone wants a piece of you because there's lots of people from back home out there. That in, so it's not you can't really prepare for the game normally. Obviously, the, the differences in the pitch um, are, are, a hu- are a huge issue. Um, the game was played on a Saturday this time round. Um, you know, so by the time the penalties came around, I think it was like one or two o'clock 
in the morning Irish time and Leachman I think had only arrived on Tuesday or Wednesday so that obviously is not ideal I sound like I'm making a load of excuses. Uh, Leach, I was going to say there, Sam, a lot of excuses are going on. Leitrim Le- 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 definitely, definitely uh, had the chances to win it, and they uh, and they didn't. Um, and from what I hear, you know, um, they, they regret their chances. But from what I hear, they've regrouped. And, you know, fair play to New York. Um, you know, it's about time they got a win. I think it's great they got a win. It makes, um, you know, their involvement um, really important and it really gives them a boost going forward. Um, and you know, I'm sure they're gonna um, continue to to, to 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 make strides in the coming years. Uh, but from a Legion point of view, it's definitely disappointing. Now it's a great weekend. I know all the Legion people are traveling huge numbers. Have a great weekend, and I'm sure uh, that fella having a kebab. I'm, I hope he wasn't my cousin or anything, but he, uh, I'm sure he got over fairly quick after a few hours. But uh, yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, Legion. I think it's, there's a lot of soul searching going on. You know, hopefully in the years to come, we can start. We can start putting some structures together at underage that might make a difference. You know, you look at Sli- what Sligo are doing at underage level and at senior level, and you know they're really kind of where we should be targeting that kind of level. You know, yeah. No, it was it was a great spectacle, though. In fairness, like uh, just I think the whole Saturday evening aspect to it really made it really made it a cool experience as well. And uh, but you know, I was I was joking to a few of the boys like I'm from, I'm from uh, Limerick. Like I said, I I never thought I thought I'd see such a congregation of Leitrim fans in all my life. Uh, yeah, some some crowd down there. In fairness. I remember I was there uh, when I was there five years ago. I was in uh, Rory Dolan's and, um, you know, a fella from home. I hadn't seen him. Jesus, I hadn't seen him in nearly 15 years, you know. And he said to me, Jesus, you're drunk here. This place is full of drunk here. There must be at least 3,000 people from drunk here in here. I says, there's not 3,000 people living in drunk here. And how is that possible? Like, you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, uh, that New York trip, uh, you know, there's a huge leech contingent in New York, New York and around McLean Avenue. And, uh, you know, any opportunity to travel like that, we'll definitely take it. So hopefully in five years' time, a better result. And a great way to repay the sponsors as well. You know, far play to JP Clark's they sponsored. They've they sponsored uh, Leitrim for, geez, the lumpy years now, haven't they? Yeah, they have, uh, well, the last few years, but they've always contributed, you know, and the New York uh, Leitrim fraternity really, uh, really pulled together for it. You know, um, my uncle, Mike Feeney, is heavily involved with the Dublin Supporters Club, and I know he works very really closely with them. Um, the lads Joe, we every every uh, January for the last few years we've been doing fifty miles for Leitrim Walk, which is you know raised huge funds and a lot of that money comes in from New York and definitely going back out there. Um, um, you know JB Clark's there, Kiltober people, great footballing area, and uh, you know getting the crowd in there. I'm sure they were delighted to have them. So Kevin, I see you in the background there. Yeah, we're waiting anxiously. <laughs> <laughs> I think when uh, I think uh, I'm not sure how I follow that, but uh, when Stephen talks about you know his illustrious career and who he's played with, um, and all these great players and probably his decorated career and all the medals is one. I don't think uh, I'm I, I'm with uh, in that power uh, to be beside him. My my career really started at a young age. I played for a bit um, at the club at home, and then really switched to soccer. I was more of a soccer head. Um, went to college um, in Southampton. You know, coached out there, and then really came out to America and hadn't really played in four or five years um, and then sort of just fell in, fell in with the Pierces like Stephen did. And that was that. I, you know, I've probably been in the background most of the time, um, you know, played a little bit, but um, really just in the background, enjoying it, the social part um, and really just being, I would say, just trying to be the best club man I could be um, is what is what I would sort of, classifying myself as but uh in terms of playing uh not not, not as good as steven um but uh happy to be out there on the pitch when the when the occasion arises now what club were you at home kevin so i was uh i was with ardoin um for a little bit and then uh, my dad's from west belfast um so i was over at st agnes's from a bit but i was back and forth uh from england um during uni so you know wasn't really wasn't really playing um as much and then was traveling in the summers, came over to America, was coaching soccer, um, and then going back and then, and then straight to uni. So probably missed out those glory years. Um, I would say maybe I would say those glory years between, you know, 17 and 22, I think uh, I probably kicked the ball once or twice. I don't know. My glory days just started, Connor, Junior C. We, uh, <laughs> we, just, started a, we just started a Junior C team there uh, in 20, uh, 2021. I uh, know, Connor. It's I think this is prime. 
So yeah, yeah. I think huge, I'm one of the yeah. young. We might be Connor might be one of the youngest Irish lads in the division. <laughs> we had a we had a we we uh, there was a few of us and we started up. Uh, we started up instead of Junior B, we call it the Killer Bees. Um, so the WhatsApp the, the WhatsApp group name is uh, the Killer Bees, and you know you've really made it when you uh, your name gets added to the Killer Bees WhatsApp wow. group for the season ahead. It's uh, it's it's that, that, that that's when you know. But you know it's it's great crack too. Like uh, I mean, what's what's unique about our division, uh, the Junior C level, which I you know I love the aspect of it. You only gonna have three Irish lads in the field at one time. So there has to be 10 American-born players with three Irish. So for me, for us in a club where, you know, we're not in Boston, we're outside Boston, but it forces us to recruit American-born players. Uh, yes, it's great getting the Irish lads in that can, you know, help out with training. But, you know, the growth, in my opinion, especially in our club, is a lot of the American-born kids, you know, that are coming through and they're going to the colleges uh you know, whether it's locally, whether it's in, you know, Yukon and Hartford, you know, Holy Cross here in Worcester just started a Gaelic football team. You know, you hear the likes of Notre Dame having Gaelic teams, Penn State, Purdue, you know. So, you know, our our primary focus for our club is American-born kids, you know, and really growing the sport that way. And any of the American kids that come in, they love it. You know, I, I think... Yeah, I don't think Connor we have had any turnover. I think any American lad that's come in has been just roped. You know, yeah, they, very, they very, little, yeah. very, very, very little turnover. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's maybe going on a little bit too much about that. So uh, we could, that's that's another episode with uh, our own club to talk about that. Yeah. We're here to talk about you lads, not us. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, that's that's a great um, that's a great incentive to have. You know, um, I think you know. For the growth of the game, getting the American lads involved is where it's going to be at. Um, I know, like we talked off air about the um, about the forthcoming USGA team, the Junior Championship. That's something that really should be celebrated. There's some really talented lads. We've a number of them with our club, you know. Um, but you know, how are we going to get these lads playing? How are we going to get more lads involved? And I suppose that that can be, you know, maybe a conversation we have in a bit. No, hundred yeah. percent. Um, and actually, just touch base on that. We were talking a little about New York. Um. You know, what would your both opinions be, you know, for like a USGA team put together from like uh, all the divisions and went and played New York almost as a, you know, you could actually do it in both ways. You could almost do it right, a challenge game. But maybe down the line you say, all right, you have the USGA team play in New York, winner of that plays Leitrim or Sligo or whoever comes over. That'd make it, that'd make it interesting in my opinion. I don't know if it'll happen, but, you know, Adds a different element into it as well. Uh, I'd be all for something like that for sure. Yeah, I think anything that is going to bring more football to the calendar here is is definitely to be welcome. Gives lads something to uh, incentivize. We, um, you know, a number of our lads travel over for the game and uh, this year, and we did try and set up a game with uh, Sligo and the Sligo Club in New York. Um, you know, and even like, exploring the element of having the USGA champions versus New York champions and what that might bring as well, and maybe that could be an another aspect of that. But I think anything that just adds to the calendar is, you know, should be welcoming. Look, there's plenty of lads that want to challenge themselves against lads at home, um, and, if and if they could just be given the opportunity, I think they'd appreciate it. Yeah, I'd love to see, uh, like, uh, you know, every all the major cities have a team there. You know, throw it, throw it together a championship. New York, Boston, Chicago, you know, San Fran, something like that. I think that'd be really cool, wouldn't it? Because I, I think the clubs are doing a good job of really driving things along, you know. But um, it's just, especially in the spring, in the fall, it's hard to get. It's hard to get a whole lot going, isn't it? I'm, I, I don't know if you've, if you've had similar um, similar problems out that way, but uh, you know, it'd be great if you could give these these lads like you know more more kind of all star teams. I think. Yeah, I think yeah, you know, especially in the Midwest, the weather plays a big part, right? Like you know, we we, we I think we always dread that you know St Patrick's Day coming around and the, the weather's turning there, right? And then you think, all right, you've got the hills that you've got the hills ahead of you, but again, I think you know. Like, like you got, I think everybody's on board. The more we can get on the calendar, um, the better. So I think if the powers that be put their heads together, you know, maybe they can come up with something, you know, maybe we can come up with something and, you know, maybe you guys could broadcast live from there. Maybe that's the North Star. Kevin, you obviously didn't watch our last episode, did you? That we had a trainer on that says no more hills. All right. It's just, <laughs> so I I'm with him. No more hills. You know what I mean? Just, you know, smart training. <laughs> Do you agree, Connor? 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Gary, uh, we had a we had a lad, Gary O'Daly on. He's actually uh, he's doing very well. He puts up some great videos, uh, but it's actually interesting. Like they take more of it's so professional at home. Even how they take uh, preseason, like you know, you talk about some patties they dreaded, right? So, Jesus, I gonna run the shit out of us here, and we're gonna be just puking after. Literally, run to you puke, but it's more of like a scientific. All right, this is how we're gonna prepare, and then like ease the way into the season. So it's more like structured versus right now it's quite our run <laughs> i think you know i i think that's a difference right like you know we're living for the summer like we're you know we're living in the snow and the rain and the sleet and the freezing cold temperatures like we're just dying for the sun to come out right and then the last thing you know you're trying to balance a shortened season into the good weather you know festivals events everything else that's going on so i think it's just trying to find that balance you know at home it's you, you know you're down to your club every day right like that's that's the life and soul of it you know we're just not ble- you know we're just not blessed with those facilities out here and, and unfortunately you, you just make the hell work <laughs> whether you like it or not i think it definitely reflects in the, in the quality of players that are coming out for the summer now you know they uh in the last couple of years and i suppose you know covid did play an impact in that but they're mad for football and they're mad for high quality training. And, you know, I think what we, that was one of the benefits that we found last summer of the, of the lads that came out to us. They were just mad for training. They never missed one. You know, a lot of Palooza was on um, here at the Chicago semi-final weekend and we didn't have a game, but we had a, we had training on Saturday afternoon. All the boys went to a lot of Palooza and they all turned up for training and they all went back to a lot of Palooza, but you know, they were just mad for ball. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's a real credit to them. It's a real credit to, how the GA is growing at home. Um, you know, they're they're supreme athletes now. They're like they're definitely not built like me and Mac are. And uh um, you know, it can it can only be a good thing for the game going forward. And uh do you do you bring out a lot of uh, players for the summer or um yeah, we do. Yeah, look, we we uh we we bring out a crew like any other club in Chicago. Um, you know, with with the rules the way it's way it's been, you know, and we were delighted when that rule came in with the A's. Um the eight home-based players having to, uh, having to having to take part and fair play to the Macanespies for introducing that um, at the convention. Um, but yeah, look, uh, we we brought, brought out some really high-quality players last last year. Um, we had the likes of um, Daniel O'Mahony from Cork, Ryan Dunham from from Limerick, Rory O'Dwyer from Dublin, um, Darren McGurn um, from from Manor, uh, Sean Jones from um, uh, from uh, Monaghan, uh, and um, Adam Lock, Adam Lockran from um, Antrim, and these lads were just you know fantastic ballers. And look, they, they, there's a great, there's a, definitely a place for them um, in the GA here. They uh, they bring great energy over the summer. They bring great en- enthusiasm. They definitely raise the standards. Um, I suppose my point had always been, you know, you want to be in the best shape that you can be for them coming out, um, and you want the footballers out here to match the footballers that are coming out here. Um, I suppose the way the season is formatted here, uh, at home, them lads are playing football. Before they come out, while they come out, and after they go home, and uh, we're why we're we're as only playing football while they're here, and um, you know, so that's not going to lead to a growth in the game here. That's going to lead into to what I see the more of a disparity in the quality of, of, of play, um, and so you know, banging on that drum, just getting more games in the calendar here prior to them lads coming out. I think it's only going to be better for, and raise the quality of football coming out uh, over the summer. I suppose. Uh... We'll touch base a little bit that and some of the past players over here last year because I know uh, we definitely want to touch base on that final last year because it was broadcast uh, and that's a, a good talking point. But can you uh, can you boys just talk a little bit about uh, Padre Pierce's, about the club? Uh, just like, you know, maybe a little bit of the history, how it was formed, you know, how many teams you have, what codes you're playing in, stuff like that. So uh, the club was formed in 1992. Um you know, uh, on the on the north side of Chicago. Um, first game was in 1993. Started off as a junior team, and there wasn't much happening. But uh, we were, uh, but um, from there we've really grown. Um, to celebrate our 30th anniversary last year, um, we now have two teams: a senior team and a junior team. Uh, we have 47 registered players. 88 eight, eight of those are home base uh, or homegrown, so American lads. So that's that's fantastic. Um, and you know, the last number of years has been, um, you know, a real highlight, of, uh, you know, a real period of success for us. Um, you know, since uh, we've one of our 
uh, sort of major driving forces over the last decade has been Sean Tobin. Um, and Sean was uh, over, over the team when that won the first senior title, I think, in 2012. Um, if I'm right there, Kevin. And then yeah. um, we've won um, four, senior, th- four senior titles in total. Um, we've won intermediate titles. Um, we've contested a number of North American finals. Haven't always won them, unfortunately. Uh, but we managed to get over the over the mark last year in uh, in Chicago, and then um, at the U.S. Finals um, two weeks later. And you know, I think as uh, as um, memories in the club go, that was huge. You know, we're doing it on our 30th anniversary um, on our home patch with a bunch of lads we had, and the club um, of what it's become in the last um, five to ten years was just really really pleasing. And uh, we uh, celebrated immensely at our dinner dance. Uh, Prior to Christmas, we had uh, our guest of honor, Pat Spillane, who came over, um, you know, and he he was fantastic over the weekend. Not only the dinner dance, he was brilliant, but he he uh, also took part in the podcast that we uh, that we arranged the following day. So um, great celebration, celebrate the 30th anniversary. I know uh, men like Jerry Campbell and the late John Cahill and Joe McLaughlin, um, um, Mickey Brady, Hugh, Hugh McGurn, um, Dennis Dolan, um, Pat Morrissey, all these lads that have been involved in the club over the years um, from the very start, um, you know, and who were there on the final day coming up to you and telling you how proud they were of what we've achieved. Um, you know, it was just massive. And you can't, you, you know, when you, uh, I've played, I've been played a lot of football. Um, I've lost a lot of games. Kevin seems to think I've won a lot, but I've lost a lot of games. Um, and, you know, your club at home is always really special to you. But you know, that was a really special day. All these people from, all corners of Ireland coming up um, for a common goal for the Pierces and celebrating um, that win against Young Ireland's was, you know, really fantastic. But like, it's not, on the pitch, it's been great. But I suppose Kevin could talk to you a bit about what we've been doing off the field well, as well. That's re- you know really sort of propelled the club forward. Uh, yeah, I think you know, I think I think me and Stephen, uh, I think we met for a burger one day. So if you if you get to Chicago, make sure uh, Stephen takes you for a burger because he knows all the good spots. But I think I remember just, you know, I think I remember just asking Stephen to meet and I was really like, how do we galvanize the club moving forward, right? Like, how do we do something different that everybody else isn't doing? And really, we wanted to create a culture and environment where everyone was welcome. I I sort of looked around and I think it was myself included that I was maybe like on the fringe, maybe not playing when, you know, the seniors came around and, you know, sort of just fell away, right? And you're like, there was a lot, we had a lot of those people that were just falling away, good club men, um, but just not, you know, maybe not on game day or, you know, on the senior panel that just sort of started to fall away. So I think me and Stephen, we sort of bashed our heads together. And I think, I'll, I'll never forget it, we came up with a, our, uh, our masterpiece was a calendar plan. We did a 12-month calendar plan for January right through to the end of December. And we really started that with, instead of going out and asking for something, we started with how are we going to give back? So once a quarter, we did a give back, whether that be at a food bank, um, was the first one, whether that be partnering with local charities, we did Cradles to Crayon. So we did that and that was very successful. And I think that sort of, you know, social media is great these days because when it's good, it's really good and people can get behind you um, on stuff like that. So that really galvanized, I think, a different type of member within our club. Um, so that was that was aspect one. Uh, aspect two was how do we get more people playing, right? Like more people who are on the fringe who may be not playing all the time. They're coming to training and then they're falling off in the summer. So we set up the nines, um, the first ever tournament in downtown Chicago. We had uh, all the clubs participating in Chicago. We had two of our own teams playing. Um, we had a, a senior um, and a junior A. We had teams from Milwaukee Um Kansas, I think, joined in. So there was a few there. Um, and then that's where it really got off and running. That was a huge spectacle for the, huge spectacle for the club. Um, and I think really put us on the map as, you know, promoting GAA. Um, COVID hit. Uh, we did a bingo, a virtual bingo. Um, I, I got roped into doing the host of that. It started off as a joke. Um, we ended up doing that. Um, and then again, like the GAA community always does, they rallied behind us and we raised $10,000 over a five-week period um, for the Comer's Children's Hospital there in Chicago. So, you know, it was a really, it was a real community feel. And I think it was the outreach that people needed at that time, um, you know, to really sort of keep them interested in the GAA. And then I think it just 
evolved from that, right? Like the club piece, people just coming in, the culture we created. And I think just people, I think people now coming over to work. I think football, football is it, they're, they're interested in football, but they're also interested in what happens outside of football. What are people doing in January? What are people doing in February? You know, when football's over on August 17th, what happens the rest of the year? And I think, I think what the Pierces have done really well is create an environment where it's very welcoming to everybody, no matter what level of football you are. And I think some clubs, you know, forget about there is a junior C or there is a junior B or junior A player out there. And, and because they're, you know, because they're not to the level that they would like, they get left behind. But I think the culture we've created in the Pierces is everybody's welcome and we'll find a level for you so that you can get out there and enjoy the game. You touched on a couple of really good points there. And I wanted to just bring up a couple. Um, Connor, we need to reach out to John Young about this. This fucking twenty-five uh, percent ball, seventy-five percent crack. You know, what I mean, that's just that should be a t-shirt, like. <laughs> yeah. Because that's really what it like. Like, yeah, the football's great, and like, you know, you're gonna have you're gonna have a couple of lads in there that are you know just there for the crack, you know. But we'll find something for them, you know. Maybe they're a, a Peter Murray we had at the North East. He's like, you know what? He might not be a player but he could be the best administrator you get, you'd have mm. or, you know, register or secretary or treasury. The, there's a position for everybody. You know, it's the importance of the community aspect of it, in my opinion. You know, I, obviously the first thing I did when I came here back in 2011, the first thing is an Irish person, you go find the nearest Gaelic, Gaelic football club, you know, and you get into the mix and you get, you get into a, like, a lot of like-minded people, people, uh, but even for Americans, America, like COVID, obviously a couple of years, people were mad just to get back into like some kind of social setting. Yeah. And once kids finish college, there's Gaelic football in hurling is that, in my opinion, that right amount of culture plus competitive sports. You know, you're in with a group of people that are, you know, in there for the crack and like socializing, but like to take sports a little serious. You know, and I, like there, there's different levels. Obviously, if you want to be very serious, you've got your seniors, your intermediates. You know, if you want to just play for the crack on a, on a Saturday or Sunday, junior B, junior C is ju perfect for you as well. Um, so now it's it's so important that uh, that aspect of culture. And I like I actually really like what you were talking about there, setting up that 12 month calendar. Because you're right. The season shouldn't be May through August 17th. You know, you have that gap of September, October, and then fall months that the weather's fucking perfect. <laughs> so why yeah. why isn't there more like fall leagues? And you know, I think the uh, post uh, pre COVID, you know, they used to have uh, out this direction. They had Worcester, Hartford, UConn, and I think it was another team. Connor, I, you were around for that tournament, the the fall hurling tournament they used to do. Yeah, yeah. So like you know, bringing them back. Like the junior clubs love it, and the Americans love it. They want to keep like we have a couple of American kids that literally they want to go every week, fifty two weeks of the year. Like oh, they shit. just want to go, go, go. Could be, could be, could be Christmas morning. They'll be sending a text. Anybody want to go for a kick around that? So they just, that's that's how much they love it. You know, I think that's where we found our niche, right? Like when we when me and Stephen done the calendar plan, this stuff was on the calendar, right? So. You know, people that had families and maybe weren't able to get the Gillig Park every week, you know, or weren't able to give that commitment. It was one of those things that was on the calendar. Hey, we're going up to Madison, you know, Memorial. We're going to the, the Sevens in San Diego, Memorial Day weekend. You know that we're going there. The next one, you know, we're going down to, um, we went down and played Notre Dame. Um, you know, it was freezing down there. We went down and played them. But again, you tie that in with, you know, a, a Notre Dame football game and then a GAA game, right? Like it's, it's a good couple of days out. And I think it gives lads, you know, who are maybe not, you know, work out here can suck you up and uh, very quickly and consume you. And, you know, you see lads fall away. But I think I, I think what we created was sort of that environment where people knew it was on the calendar and they could say, you know what, I'm going to target that date and I'm going to make a commitment to, to, to attend this event. And that's, and then, you know, and then it wasn't the same people attending the same event. There was a mix of, you know, I couldn't do one. You know, I didn't have to be at all. And Stephen didn't have to be at all. And again, it's that, I think there's a lot of it out here. It's where it's the same people asking the same other people. And it gets very tiring very quickly. 
Um, and that's where, you know, I think that's where we sort of created a niche within our club. It was at our AGM, me and Stephen were outgoing this year after, you know, doing our term. You know, we had 30 people there ready to take a position, right? Like when, when me and Stephen first got it, they were begging, they were begging people to take a position. So I think, you know, that's the state the club is in at the minute. And it's, it's so positive in there to be in and around everyone in like within the club that that's, I, I would really, you know, really encourage other clubs really to, to plan their year out because it'll help them going forward. Yeah. Like, and I suppose, you know, uh, it'd be remiss to say there was like, you know, we managed to create a board in the time that we were there and everyone's pulling like, like singing by the same hymn sheet with the same goals. And, um, you know, everyone was open to ideas and bringing ideas to the table. And, you know, what a pleasing aspect is having stepped away, the new board has sort of taken that culture and they've ran with it. And, you know, they're, you know, we've already had a darts night here. Um, there's a golf outing in a couple of weeks. Um, obviously, the nines is taking place this weekend. And, and there's going to be a number of other things organized throughout the year. But like having that culture embedded means that whoever's coming in on, uh, behind you is going to be able to, you know, hopefully not only continue that, but also improve it. Um, and like all of those things, the one thing about it, it takes a lot of hard work. It, is, it takes up a lot of time. You know, there's no point saying there's not moments where you wish you weren't part of it. And, and you know, you, it's uh, deeply frustrating and, you know, you're calling lads and, you know, they're maybe not getting back to you straight away and you can't understand it because you're, you're so into it and so focused on it. But the rewards are absolutely immense and the rewards, you know, far outweigh the effort that it takes. Um, and I think, you know, um, every club, and it's not just in, in the US, you know, I look at my own club at home. If you can commit, create a community around your club, you know, around that team, that's, you know, obviously has to be at the forefront of everything you do. The team, you know, that's the reason there are GA clubs is for a team to participate in competitions. But if you can create a club around it, that's going to be, uh, you know, involved, energetic. Um, you know, we use the term energized, but, um, you know, wanting to get involved no matter what their GA background is, whether they're born in America, whether they're mad GA heads back home, or whether the lads actually didn't play any GA back home, but they're just, you know, working for an Irish company and they got talking to a lad and he's, you know, seems to be busy every weekend and has something to do. And he tells them, oh, yeah, I'm involved with this club, the Pierces, and they're doing this, you know, you can come along. Um, it's only going to make make things, uh, help grow your club, uh, but also just make it a more enjoyable experience for everyone as well. Uh, so it, it, with the Pierces, you've obviously had a lot of success, but uh, can you talk a bit about some of the challenges you're facing now on and off the field? Um, you know, I think for me, and this is always, you know, the the drum I'll be banging is, you know, just just not enough football in in uh, in Chicago. We don't play enough. You know, I uh, played in the North American final um, last August, um, and I won't play another game. A competitive game until the first of June, you know. In what other sports where you're trying to grow the game, do you go nine months of the year and you don't kick a ball in a competitive game? It it it, it doesn't make any sense, you know. Um, like we're training really hard. We're re like really raring to go for the championship, um, and you know, um, and the other clubs in Chicago they're preparing too, um, but we're just not being facilitated with enough competition. You know, we uh, we proposed a tournament. Um, uh, we proposed a, a preseason tournament this year and we wanted to be a secondary tournament. So we actually wanted the intermediate championship to start early. You know, every club has their home base um, that they can perform for, for the intermediates. Um, there's going to be more intermediate clubs in Chicago this year. So it's definitely going to take um, a longer time to complete it than the senior championship. And so to avoid, you know, using up every summer, in the, every weekend in the summer and having to go down to Gaelic Park um, on a midweek game, um, so that 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 proposal was um, was uh, was accepted and and uh, by 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 the uh, AGM in Chicago, um, but that kind of manifested into a into a, a home a home based championship, uh, home based cup, and you know listen I'm I, look I I'm not gonna look at having possible games in May as something that we um, that we can't look forward to you know we we want to get our lads out playing they want to get out playing you know we're training hard enough uh, and they want to see that they're training for something. Um, so, yeah, we've managed to play one game in that. Unfortunately, uh, one of the games uh, didn't take place because one of the clubs uh, forfeited the game, um, which was disappointing. Um, you know, and we have our Chicago Nines, which we've worked really hard to organize. Um, 
I know that has, you know, traditionally been quite well backed by the club in Chicago and it just hasn't happened this year, which is, you know, really disappointing. There's no point in saying otherwise uh, to the point that Chicago have actually fixed a game to take place at the exact same time. Um, you know, and if anyone can make sense of that logic um, and explain it to me, I'd love to know why. Um, you know, the reason that we put the nines in place, um, aside from, you know, bringing football to downtown Chicago, where, you know, it's going to be visible to maybe just passers-by who don't have never seen the game before, is really just to bring a competitive um, element to, um, you know, the sport here. Um, I know, as Kevin said, the weather is difficult in the Midwest. There's no point saying otherwise that, you know, having all year round football is really challenging. You know, there's a number of other sports that are, are you know, sort of aiming for those indoor indoor uh, facilities. And that's not always easy. But I think definitely we have to look more creatively at the calendar, uh, whether, you know, front loading the early part of the year with a home based championship or, um, um, you know, continuing the football into the fall with some sort of form of football, whether that be a pub league or something like that. But again, it's gonna, it takes hard work and it takes vision, you know, and uh, it's something that, you know, we've been really pushing forward for. And, uh, you know, we just really want the other clubs in, clubs in Chicago and the Chicago board to, to follow through on that. Um, and, you know, we, sp- we spent a lot of time growing our home base. And uh, I think that's something we're really, really proud of. You know, we've, as I said before, we've got, you know, nearly 50 lads registered to play. And um, we're in that very fortunate position. But that's happened because of the work that we've done um that home base isn't evident in the other in the other clubs how they're getting their players together you know it's always up for question and we're trying to sort of you know bring a spotlight onto that we're not always getting forthcoming answers from you know the chicago board or usga boards you know the way i look at it is if as any sort of board or organization if you're not facilitating um the promotion of the game and the um you know, the rules being applied, then, you know, what are you actually doing? What what are we here for? And to me, that's that's something that both USGA and all the boards in Chicago should be, that should be at the forefront of the mind. How are we going to grow the game and how are we going to make sure that everyone's doing that to the to the letter of the law? Um, and whether that's happening or not is open, up, is open for debate. And it's actually a good time to bring it up too, because we actually are coming up to, uh, you know, there's going to be a new board. There's going to be a new chairperson this year. So, you know, if, if, you know, there is somebody who decides to step up uh, for that new role. You know, um, obviously we did an interview with Bernie. Uh, Bernie's done great things, uh, but then now there's the new board to step up, and what it, what are their plans? You know, and I think uh, to have a clear vision of what's going on uh, for the coming years will be super helpful, and for people to weigh in and be like, "Listen, this is how we feel." You know, it's going to help. You know. Like let's let's see what your plan is to help grow this sport for the next couple of years. But in the Northeast, like just to kind of get back into that, we actually have a tournament here. I think it's in May. It's um so Pat O'Brien Cup, but it's all home base. It's it's anybody, pretty much any team that wants to come in. But it's in my opinion, it's very important to get those spring like late spring, early summer games in to shake the rust out. You know, it's a lads are lads are dying to get out there and play. You know, lads are just dying to get out there and kick a ball. There's no point in starting a game in June when then you've got 10 lads coming out from Ireland that are literally playing since January. They're going to be running rings around you. <laughs> like you're you're already two months behind them. So to get up to match fitness at that point, like you're you're already behind the ball. Yeah, I think I think, you know, I think that's where I think that's where we've been punished a little, I would say, is because, you know, we've galvanized our home base and the you know it's the same tune down there right like hey you know are you guys just going to play yourselves right but it's not it's not about us and what we do i I, we can only control what we do it's you know how you get your players and where they're from is that that's up to your own club so i think there's a you know I i definitely think there's a mentality down there that you know because we have more home base than anybody that you know we're being punished and I, you know, I, I think as Stephen said, everybody needs to get creative because at, at, at one point or another, this club, you know, the Pierces went through a lull where we were struggling for players and, you know, we, we definitely weren't as successful as we were and other clubs were successful, you know, having players at that time. And I just think, I just think it takes people coming together and being a bit creative, like think outside the box, right? It's not about, you know, it's not about, 
as Stephen said, like it's about the team, but you know, outside of the championship, how do you, you know, how do you make it work, you know, so we can get more people playing? And I think the thinking down, you know, in Gaelic Park is we, we, we don't want to let them win. We don't want to let them win. And that's, to me, that's the wrong culture and the wrong message that they're sending out to everybody. Yeah, like we, we would definitely, like, there's no, we'll take a beating if we get one, you know, for sure. There's no, there's like, hold your hands up. You're beaten by the better team on the day. That's, that's not a problem. But I think off the field, if you're doing that in a fair way, that's when we'll accept it probably a little bit more. You know, rightly, clubs like um, North Carolina, uh, oh, sorry, Charlotte and North Carolina, Delco Gales, uh, Milwaukee, um, Indianapolis, you know, these clubs are being held up as, you know, well-organized, brilliant clubs. You know, this is what the USG is all about, growing the game. And it's like, yeah, I totally agree with you. But what's, what makes them... What makes them what they are? They are allowing everybody to play. They're focusing on developing American-born players to take part. They are um, playing off-season competitions, whether it be pub leagues or just kick-arounds. They're finding things to happen. You know, I look at the socials of some clubs like down in Dallas and Houston, and they're playing. They're playing ball the last two months. And you're like, you're almost jealous of it. Now I know the weather plays a part, and that has to be taken on board, but. If you're, as I said, if you're not promoting the game, you know what are you doing? It's like that has to be the form, for the the foremost of everything you do. And there's some great GA people in Chicago that you know really want the game to go well. And like you know, we're just a cog in the wheel. But I think we've set a good model that you know other clubs could follow. And uh, if they, if we just, it, we don't mind coming together. Like definitely, if there's an element that Chicago wants to come together and. Um, really grow the game. The Pierces would love to be with it, be part of that. Um, I don't know if there's a hunger for that. Um, that's not down to us, but we're, we're, we're definitely there. You know, we're, we always put our name forward for the referee courses. We're always uh, trying to uh, uh, be in attendance at the meetings, uh, putting forward ideas for like interprovincial competitions at the start of the year, organizing the Chicago Nines. Um, so we're, we're there and we want to be part of it. Um, you know, I, we just want the other clubs to be part of it too. So you touched base there on... Uh on the Chicago nines that's this weekend coming, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so this year we're going to have, um, a senior competition, a junior competition and a ladies competition. Um, you know, we're delighted to have, um, Ashton Gales and the Aaron Rovers involved. Um, I think with Madison and then, uh, Oh, sorry, Milwaukee. Then we'll have Milwaukee involved with the juniors with Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh are coming all the way up. And then in senior, a senior, uh, championship, um, we'll have ourselves and the Patriots, um, who are the, um, with the intermediate club here in Chicago uh, with the uh, American base. Um, great rivals of ours, great lads. Um, you know, we've been very fortunate over the years that we've come out on top in both the nines and intermediate competition, but they give us one hell of a game every single time. And uh, we're, we're delighted to have them on board. It's going to be run over one day um, here in the city uh, at the uh, very lovely named Maradona Park. I don't know where I got the name from. But uh, it's here uh, uh, beside uh, at Diversity, um, where we train. Um, we ran off the day. Um, are you playing on a, on a football field, Stephen, or is it what what, what size is the field now with the nine side? Oh yeah, so it's a football field. Yeah, it's a football yeah. field which has the hybrid soccer and football goals, um, plastic pitch, obviously. Um, games are ten minutes a half, um, and each team will play a minimum of three games throughout the day. Um, and look, this, um, you know, since we had it in place, it's been, you know, it's been great enjoyments, um, plenty of laughs. Um, it's one of those nice things where, you know, people have like barbecue and beers going beside the fields and, you know, there's a real sort of party atmosphere to it as well. Um, obviously, we'd love it to be bigger, but it takes a huge amount of work. Our board have like really been working around the clock to get it, get it off the ground and get those teams in. Um, but, you know, it's always something to look forward to. It's gonna, you know, it's going to be so hopefully something that's going to be on our calendar for years to come. Uh, and if we can continue to make it grow, get more teams in, um, you know, having a team from Pittsburgh this year uh, is probably the furthest thing we've had so far. Um, but yeah, we, we'd love more clubs to come. You know, you boys, if you want to come along and play next year, we'd love to have you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, these sevens, nines, tens, whatever, whatever these these competitions are, are huge, going to be huge for the development of GA. You know, just when you, th when you think you can you can play on a different field, you know, it doesn't have to be the huge GA field. Um you know, it might might be easier for a team to get a, a full team out number one, obviously, but uh, even just a, a full decent team of players. You know, um, 
And even just to give fellas a different a different idea for the game too, you know, like it, it can be a totally different type of game they're playing a sevens tournament or something like that, you know. You can get way more ball into your hand, you know. Um yeah. you know, just just really uh developing players, I think it's it's gonna it's it'll be huge for that. We uh we haven't gone for the last I think two years, but we, we were major supporters of the West Coast Sevens in San Diego, uh organized by the Satanta Club there in Tracy and uh as weekends go, there's not much that can match it. To be honest, yeah, it was a the incredible weekends away, uh, really competitive football. Um, you know, there's nothing better than going, <laughs> nothing better than going to play a game, going down to Pacific Beach, having a dip in the ocean, having a few points after. Uh, I tell you, it's it, it, if that's what if that's what heaven is. I'm ready to go there. You know, so it's uh, uh, you know, great tournaments. And I agree with this. The sevens. You know those ones dotted around the country. If they if there's a clear calendar where they are taking place, and just trying to get lads involved in them. You know it's not easy for lads to go away to every trip, uh, particularly as we're getting older. But um, uh, to be part of those is great. I know I know something something Kevin always enjoyed. Yeah, I think you know again. I think you know I think when you I think we touched on it the first day, right? You know how do we get more football? I think I would challenge USGA, right? Like to create these many you know many tournaments, right? As the governing body. Um, and, you know, and allowing clubs to have the opportunity, you know, I think they've done a pretty good job of creating clubs, you know, at the appropriate level to give them the best competition. So, you know, I think, I think I would encourage them to work with their, you know, the local, the local board to try and, you know, bring those, you know, bring those to life. I think if you had three of those a year based on, you know, where the weather is good and they supported them, I think, you know, I, I think they would be well attended. Mexico City, lads. Mexico, <laughs> Mexico City. But yeah, that's it. You know, you, you don't, you don't really hear about half of these things, do you? You know, like, um, yeah. It'd be, no, it'd be I mean, nice. It'd be nice to put the offer out to more teams. I think you know. I think there's definitely more teams that be willing to travel to some of these things, especially there in the winter. Like I, I've said it to the boys the last few years. We would love to. I would love to go to a fucking you know winter tournament there, out somewhere warm, get away, get away out of the cold weather here for a little bit. Smash, I think, uh, Smashville sevens. <laughs> I think I, I think one of the ones we were always looking at was bringing a home base back to uh, the Potty O'Shea Sevens. You know that was I think we had started a I think we had started a um, collection for that a collection for that. You know basically putting put, put, putting your few dollars away a week. You know starting a year ahead and I think again like I go back to this calendar plan and I'm going to beat that drum as hard as I can. But if you know something's you know if you know something's next. February in Smashville, Smashville Sevens. You know you're putting your fifty bucks away a week, and you know you'll know you'll be you'll know you'll be in Tootsies, um, you know, for, for a few Bud Lights after. So you know, I'm I'm I would love to get involved in that. You know, the powers of beer out there. I would love to you know start that dialogue up, open that up. Um, and I think that would be talking about vision. I think that would be my vision. You know, get uh, you know get two or three sevens nines tournaments you know across the country going supported by you know usga yeah because like sometimes these events happen you know, and, and you try to organize an event and it's clashing with another date or something like that and if, if there was a clear sort of outline of where these are taking place you can plan yourself accordingly um and like one thing about it is like you know you saw what we, one thing we saw at the chicago finals the u.s finals in chicago last year was like there are teams everywhere. There's teams in places I've never even heard of. And, you know, they all mad for sport. And they, although they might not all be playing at a high standard, they're all mad to participate. And if, just, if they just have more options for that, you know, it's only got to be a good thing for the game. Lads, I'm on fire here. Marty Ga. Marty Ga. Marty Ga. I'm on fire here, lads. <laughs> I like that one, yeah. I like that one for sure. If someone but, doesn't, if someone doesn't take Smashville Sevens and Marty Ga and run with it, they you know they're missing out. Ah, Jesus, hey, we may have to run with that one. Hey, there's there's two right off the bat, like you know. Let me think of one for Cancun or something like you know. I'll I'll come back to that one. Uh, well, we were waiting for the North America Gaelic Football Podcast uh, Nines and uh, to happen in Cancun. Yes, that's that's surely going to be down the line, is it? What's 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 the what's the bar there, Senor Frogs? Frogs or Coco Bongos. Coco Bongos. All right, let me come. Let me get back to that. I'll think of something now. But we'll quickly move on because we're here on that topic all day. So let's. Can you talk a bit about the the Nationals last year? You you obviously had some success there, winning the final. I know you was a bit of a divided one for you there, Kevin, with your old club and your current club. 
Connor, I'm not sure if uh, I'm not sure if you were at the the USGA convention, but the the first motion on the table was it's not nationals anymore, and you should refer to it as uh, the finals. So that motion finals. did pass, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it is the USGA finals. Um, so that motion did pass. Um, yeah, it was. Listen, it was an an unbelievable occasion. Um, you know, I've. I think the work that the club put in and, you know, Stephen mentioned it to, to win it on, you know, the 30th anniversary was, was unbelievable. But I think the overall spectacle, you know, I think the USGA put on an unbelievable event. You know, when you go, I've been to numerous now, I've been to Seattle, I've been up to Canton, you know, I've been down to um, San Fran and, you know, these events, they require a huge amount of work and manpower and, you know, the, the work that goes in behind the scenes, you know, those people definitely deserve, you know, a pat in the back because, you know, the amount of people coming through the gate, but the, the final really lived up. Um, the final really lived up to the spectacle. It was, I think at the, at the end of it, I think we just, you know, I just think we had too much manpower um, for the young Islanders. Um, I've seen a few of those lads at training um, now that it's my new club and uh, you know, it's, it's actually nice going in there knowing that, you know, I was with the North American champions and who knows, maybe we'll go, you know, maybe I'll be in a, a position here where I'll have to uh, get me seated to get me one of those half taps, right? I'll have to get a Pierce's and a young Islanders uh, tap for Denver. So that, 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 that might be, uh, that might be something on the cards, but you know, the commentary team, you know, Scruffy and um, John Quinn, John Quinn, unbelievable job, you know, so many hits on so many, Clips went oh down. yeah, was um, that the fella? Yeah, yeah, I think I saw yeah, that. Like yeah. so many oh, clips with all, went with all the jokes think, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all the jokes, and they, you know, they just, you know, Mary Redmond there, you know, put some Trojan work in every week, you know, promoting it, and I think that's stuff in the background where, you know, people it, it goes unnoticed, and you know, that's I think that's the spectacle that that put you know that really gives players coming over of hey, this isn't just a, a summer mess about it was good for us. You know, we came out on the other end. We had eight lads there. Um, we had three Americans playing. You know, all eight lads lived here. They probably lived here for three to five years. So, you know, they're not lads that are just coming in and then leaving. And then obviously we had our five sanctions. So, you know, an unbelievable occasion. Um, and it was just great to come out the other end. I, you know, the joy, the joy and the energy that day was just, yeah, it, it, it was great. Steve, I don't know if you want to touch on... Yeah, like it, was, like it was definitely a tough weekend, you know. Um, like we had uh, San Fran champions. Um, on Saturday. You know, that was definitely, uh, that game was going well. Uh, and then it quickly turned that it wasn't going well. And, you know, we were definitely uh, under the pump when it get, came to the end of the game. And we got over that. And, you know, and one thing about um, the finals is that you don't know, you know, it's a real sort of mixed bag. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, the young Irons, you know, they put they put up serious effort now, and uh, I suppose it was a bit bittersweet for me. I was actually sent off in the final second, two yellows, uh, <laughs> a tired tackle at the end is how I put. It. I was absolutely devastated, you know. But uh, I will never forget the feeling of euphoria that happened when uh, Desi Moan, who was over for the summer, um, his brother Rory was our manager last year, and uh, he uh, picked the ball up of about thirty yards and soloed in, and scored a goal, which really sort of you know secured the game for us and. I just, it was the electric feeling, you know, it was absolutely amazing. Um, of all, you know, the teams, the teams that were there, there was, um, I think, uh, the Kevin Barrys were there from Philly behind us, giving, you know, giving, giving us plenty, plenty of sauce in the ear. And, uh, it was, uh, it was really, really class. It was really, really good, you know, and, uh, really sort of a credit to what all the hard work that we put in, not just last year on the field and, 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 and preparing for it, but the work we've been putting in for the last number of years. And, you know, people like Sean Tobin, Johnny Foley, Rory Moan, uh, Brian Canty was involved previously and is back involved again this year. Um, you know, serious lads that absolutely love their football, um, but really like have pushed us to, to to new levels on the field. So, um, you know, thanks to all of them, and it was a great occasion. You know, just all came together. Lads, I still have the poker chips for the drinks <laughs> from the outside bar, like <laughs> the, you know, the token little poker things. Oh, I yeah. must actually grab it. Hey, I tell you what, the crack of that Sunday, hey was absolutely class hey. uh, i tell you what fair play to chicago that the uh, gaelic park there they do it right they have that outdoor patio high on the side and everybody everybody was raving about just what a what a setup it was but then even the cracker they had the dj in at the front and the whole fucking place was going mad hey. uh, i think 
I think you know, I, I think people forget that it was actually a washout, right? There was so much rain on the you know, it was so much rain on the Saturday. Saturday and the amount of games that were still played after that is, you know, to the ground staff and the people out there putting sand and whatever, just make, just making it happen, right? Like, you know, it easily could have been it easily could have been, you know, cancelled, but you know, the the amount of effort and manpower that, that went in behind that there to do it and you know, I think it's one of them. I think to take nothing away from uh, Charlotte, because we have an interview with them coming up in the next couple of weeks, <clears throat> but I think that's why we lost the final. We had a we had a we had two games on the Friday, a game on the Saturday against Cleveland, but I, I'll never forget that game against Cleveland. It was just soggy biscuits out there, like the fact, like it was just the rain was torrential. Uh, that was that was a hard fought uh, game on our end, uh, and I know by the Sunday. I'm no young man anymore. Like the legs were done. <laughs> I, I, I and players like oh. with from like some of those um, junior C, junior B, junior C competitions, and they're playing games on the Friday, Saturday, and potentially on the Sunday, plus the hurling games. Like I was goosed after the game on the Saturday. I don't know how lads do it. Our lads and lassies are doing it three days in a row. It's 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 yeah. insane, but it shows the love of the game, you know. Definitely, it's definitely a new uh, dynamic for our club. Anyway, you know, we, we only had the junior C hurling there, going back a few years ago, but now we have uh, we junior B hurling, junior C hurling, and uh, we know the football too. Um, so yeah, yeah, we were in that. We you know a good probably half our team maybe plays plays hurling and football. You know, um, so we played hurling first thing first thing Friday morning, and then played football a few hours after that and then football again Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of games for, for the dual players, all right. I'll say that. What would your thoughts be? Do you think there's a demand out there for obviously the finals have got bigger and bigger, right? I think this was the one that's most well you know, this one's probably the one that's been the biggest, but what are your thoughts on having a a finals for junior B and down, right? Giving people a chance to play on the main pitch, right? Like giving clubs you know giving clubs a chance to do that rather than you know you're playing on these what i would call put together pitches right like you know connor i'm sure you ran up that hill um on that back left pitch when you were playing down in chicago yeah. and you know the legs go but i think just trying to create you know two weekends back to back where again requires a bit of vision and a bit of manpower but it also it almost gives those um it almost gives those it gives both weekends two elements, right? Like everybody's getting the same equality, the same uh, opportunity. That's you know, I, I would love to throw that one out there for discussion. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, that's a good idea. I think I, I'm definitely personally, I'm pro anything more games, you know, more more going on. Um, yeah, I think it would be cool to have a, a hurling and football separate one, even maybe you know, because um, yeah, it's it's nice to give fellas the option. You know, so some some fellas really thrive at, at both, even the American kids. And we've we've some fellas on our club. Uh, you know, former lacrosse, former soccer, basketball. Yeah. Um, you know, so some of them are really picking up both sports and really want to do both of them. But then it's just hard when you've you've this kind of uh, cram, crammed in season there in the summer with with both. If you're if you're doing both hurling and football, like you know. I think you're. Uh, I think everybody's waiting for that color coded spreadsheet they send out, right? And then looking at it, going like, "Hey, <laughs> trying to find trying to find yeah, where you're yeah. playing and what time." I'm hoping you're not one of the first uh, the first couple of rows. I think that was us on the Friday. I think uh, I think our first game was at like nine o'clock. The hurling. I think we played uh, Michael Cusick's, um in the hurling, and Jesus, yeah, wasn't uh, wasn't fun. And then we had a four hour break and we played in the Cayman Islands, and at that point we were junior C, and they were uh, thirteen Irish lads on the field against three Irish, and the rest American, which wasn't a fault of the Caymans, like, but Jesus, the boy. <laughs> The boys got some hammering, you know. Actually, no, they put it up pretty well to them, but you know, obviously, it was different level there. Like, you know, they, they we shouldn't have been playing them, but that was pretty tiring for the boys. They were just yeah, chasing after it's, the lads. it's pretty incredible the growth they've had over there in the the Caymans. There, I don't know if you saw they have uh, Camogie. I think they have ladies. We actually had one that. Yeah. We actually had one that transfer in this year from the Cayman Islands. Um, you know, and I actually, I actually picked them up his first training. And I was like. You know, he's telling me like they have like they have like fifteen teams. Like they have, you know, yeah. they're over a hundred members. Yeah, I was like, I was like, excuse me, 
You yeah, know, I was just I was just gonna say, sure. Yeah. This is this is back to what you were saying, Stephen. Sure, you know, it's it's these clubs that are that are doing all these things, these pub leagues and all that. You know, are uh, are the ones that are really thriving, aren't they? You know. Oh yeah, well, we're we're like you know, it's gonna get us to a point in all our careers where playing at a serious elite level, uh, whatever you want to call how I played last year's elite, but playing at a serious level, you know, you just you're not gonna be able to do it, but you still want to take part and participate in some way. Um, you know, it's a game that we all love. Like for me, it's my first sport. Like it's it takes precedent over uh, soccer, rugby, all of them, and I just want to play it. Like and uh, you look at these clubs and. They're playing it at a social level, and that's you know playing at a social level is perfectly fine. Um, if that's the that, and but having that organisation to do it in place is just I think is so fantastic and should be really what a lot of the GA is about. That's how you're going to get other people involved, you get casual players involved, and you know if you find a few gems in that that can go go on and play at a higher level, fantastic. And if not, then so be it. So can you talk a bit about the championship coming up there in Chicago? How many how many teams in there in your division now and all that? So there should be uh, I think there's going to be um two two Cubs this year. There'll be a a senior which will be ourselves, um the Wolf Tongues, the Parnells and the McBride. Yeah, well uh we'll, we'll battle it out there. Um and then there'll be an intermediate um everyone will have a second team um and go from there. So it should be pretty competitive. Um, you know, looking at the players that have uh, registered so far, you know, it, it should be pretty competitive. Um, you know, I know our lads have been out training. I see other clubs out training. So if it's anything like last year's championship, um, I know I think they're going to go out with a commentary again and give it the bells and whistles. So, you know, it should attract some viewers. But overall, I think um, this one, uh, this one, I think will be. Uh, I think will live up to the expectation of of, of last year's, and I, I know that will be hard to beat, but um, I think it should make for a good uh, a good spectacle overall. And they filmed that one last year, right? Do you know how many? So I, I think it was on. Was it on Facebook Live? Facebook, YouTube, yeah. And they did announce the figures at the AGM, and they were they were fantastic. Like you know, and. Uh, Obviously, the lads and their, um, you know, their commentary phase, uh, phrases, uh, you know, brought a lot of notoriety. But they did, a, they did a great job, you know, and there was, there was great banter. And I think for family, our family members watching at home, it, it was great crack. And it did show that the, you know, the facilities in Chicago and um, how great a championship and how competitive a championship it was. So that will be in place this year. I, I'm taking on a coaching role this year with with the Pierces and. Definitely, uh, definitely is an adjustment for me. But uh, no, we're training hard. We're hoping for the best. Uh, we'll see what happens. You never know until the first few weeks how it's going to play out. Um, there's always a shock or two in the cards throughout the year. Um, you know, every team can potentially be every team. And then um, obviously we'll have a target on our backs. Um, you know, because of our success last year. And um, you know, we're, we're definitely okay with that. We're you know we're moving well so far. Keep everyone fit, which is always a challenge. Uh, you know, uh, the physios are well worked in our club. But um, listen, it's it's we're looking forward to a good summer. Another senior championship coming back this year. Is that is that what you're saying? I look, and that's that's the goal. If you don't set out with that goal, then what's the point? You know, um, we definitely um, like to achieve that um, and see what happens after that. You know, um, I think the uh the finals this year is going to be really interesting because you know Denver in a sense is a neutral venue so no there's going to be no sort of hometown team gunning for it there uh and so there'll be a lot of clubs who um you know will will highlight that as a target for them and uh see that as a potential North American championship and you know uh I know sometimes the uh, local uh, divisional championship can has a bit more prestige you know because there's a few more players that may be sticking around and things like that but um I know from winning the last year, being being part of uh, another uh, Chicago winning team and potentially another US winning team would be fantastic for us. But there's a lot of football to be played now between now and then, and uh, I'm definitely not going to be saying where we're going to be uh, when when all when, uh, when all the trophies going to be handed out. But we're definitely doing our best to be as as close to the top as possible. I think uh, I think that's where we're trying. I think that's where the lads are trying to get the edge. You know, running up the hill there, and the- it's hard to find a hill in the Midwest. Um, so the small hill that they have with the training facility, I think uh, I think that's they're trying to get the edge to maybe find some altitude up there. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, hopefully we all bump into each other in uh, Denver. Actually, sorry, not myself because they probably won't be there. Uh, I have a young one on the way, August. Oh, congrats! Um, uh, unless, unless I want to be in the doghouse for uh, 
Listen, the rest of my uh... <laughs> there's only one way to wet the baby's head you know yeah, well, uh, so... hey listen stranger <laughs> things have happened <laughs> but uh you know hey connor might be out there you know he'd probably bump into his you know hey maybe there could be a a rematch from last uh from last year's seniors and you know kevin i don't know i, I think i'd like to see that maybe steven and kevin marking each other just uh <laughs> well, you know. you, you'll definitely hear him if you don't see him so uh <laughs> I was uh, I haven't uh, I, I I haven't got my uh, any gear yet from uh, the Young Islanders because I was going to do uh, I was going to do a bit of a reveal there, but uh, unfortunately, um, unfortunately that we haven't got the gear in, or else I would have had the I would have had the shirt underneath. But uh, you know, just a shout out to those lads. They've you know moving forward into a different club. You know, I reached out, and you know, I think I would encourage anybody to reach out when you move. It's you know, I think you touched on it, Gareth. Like I reached out, and the guys there have been brilliant. You know. I think there's one lad coming over to hang TVs in my house tomorrow, you know. So just, I think that's just the community the GAA builds, right? Like it's, you know, I'm here five weeks and you know someone's happy to come around and help you. So, uh, you know, shout out to those lads that have been very welcoming, and hopefully we'll, uh, hopefully we'll see the Pierces in Denver. Oh Jesus, Connor's great help. Uh, me and him went to one of the one of the suburb uh, one of the towns next to us to pick up a, a china cabinet. <laughs> so. Connor, Connor has been great. <laughs> China cabinet. What year was this? Well, uh, I don't know. Is that what it even called? I don't know. <laughs> play, play GA, and I'm happy to help you with anything. Uh, but other than that, you're dead to me, like you know, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, thanks for coming on, lads, and uh, best of luck to the Pierces for the year. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks. Just a uh, quick word, shout out to our sponsors, Mesida. And uh, anyone that's listening out there, uh, do us a favor, give us a like, comment, subscribe, follow, whatever you can do. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you next time.